The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Why, you must hire a cook, a gardener, a cleaner, a handyman, a babysitter, a maid, you name it. Now, these things sound like opulent expenses, but actually not hiring these out is probably costing you a heck of a lot more money than it would cost you to hire them. So welcome to the Disruptive, oh no, it's not the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast, <laughs> say that's habit, it's actually the New Money Podcast. And sorry about the funny light in the video, but stay with me here. Now, um, I asked my wife to tell me how much we pay our gardener, our cleaner, our um, ironing lady, who's like, if she's like the most important person in the world outside my family, the ironing lady, uh, the driver, etc. And I've got it all here and I'm going to share it with you. It's less than you think. Now, um, a lot of people think that having these are opulent expenses that they can't afford. Um, And in a moment, I'm going to get you to work out what your hourly rate is. Uh, And then when you know what your hourly rate is, you'll know what it's costing you by doing these jobs yourself. So if you if you do your gardening, it's not just um, saving you what you would pay a gardener, but it's actually costing you what you could be doing with those two hours. And if those two hours you could earn more than what it costs to have a gardener, then it's cheaper cheaper to have a gardener. Uh, And I think a lot of people just think that these are opulent expenses. There's something quite funny with hiring my chef, actually. I have a chef and I put an ad out to find a chef and I'll tell you the funny part about um, who got the job for my chef in a moment. And it's not my wife, um, although she's a very good cook. All right. um, So um, most people pay £90 a week if they buy two coffees and lunch a day. 90 pounds a week. Uh, Now you could spend 20 pounds a week pre-preparing your coffee and your lunches and save 70 pounds a week. All right. So most people pay 50 to 100 pound a month on Sky TV and broadband. Uh, And you could cut that right down. And yes, Louise, you could have an ironing man. (laughs) Uh, And Paul, even though you love mowing, stay with me on this one. Um, So you could probably save £120 a week if you uh, didn't pay for coffee and lunches and you got rid of a lot of your TV and just watch YouTube documentaries and that kind of thing. All right, so my gardener is £30 a week, okay? Uh, And they do about mm, three uh, hours a month, something like that, three or four hours a month. Now, it would take me at least six hours a week to do that because they're twice as good as me. And I'd have to buy a good few hundred quid. I'd have to buy the lawnmower, which would be two or three hundred quid. I'd have to buy the trimmers and all of that. I'd have to get rid of all the stuff. So I'd have hard capital costs of a good, what, five, six hundred quid. I'd have my um, the six hours it'd take me in the garden and then the two or three hours to get rid of all the stuff. So let's say it'd take me ten hours uh, a month and cost me five hundred pound in capital expenses. Um, and it co- and it costs me to pay them £30 a week. Now, my time is worth, I mean, if I, I get paid £10,000 for a one-hour keynote speech, um, not every hour of my time is worth £10,000 hour, but a good hour of my time is worth £10,000. So you can see how much it's going to cost 
Um, let's just say my average hourly rate is £2,000 an hour. It's probably more, but let's just say it's £2,000 an hour. So if I do 10 hours of gardening a month, it's costing me £20,000 of my time. Now, the only way I would break this rule is if I was listening to a podcast and getting some good audio in, though I'd probably kill someone if I had audio in and doing the lawn mowing, so I'm definitely not recommending that. Or if I just did it for therapy and it was just really, I was relaxing and it was therapeutic. So Paul said he loves doing the mowing. So if you absolutely love doing it and it's therapy, then fine, that's a separate conversation. Um, but even if you're only worth 50 quid an hour, which I argue everyone watching and listening, I'd argue you're worth 50 pounds an hour. Even if you're only worth 50 pounds an hour, um, you know, you pay your gardener 120 pound, um, three, six, 120 pound a month or 30 pound a week. Um, it would take you six hours, which is 300 quid. So you'd be saving 180 quid a week paying it out. So people look at oh, what it's costing me rather than the opportunity cost of what it's costing you where you could be putting in that time. So my, I have a four story house uh, and my cleaner is 40 pound a week, 10 pound an hour. There is no excuse for me or my wife or anyone to do any kind of cleaning at that kind of rate. Now get this though, my wife, sorry to say this, I'm gonna whisper it because she'll be in the room somewhere. My wife cleans the house for the cleaner. I mean, what the fuckity fuck? She cleans the house for the cleaner. Oh no, no, Rob, I don't clean the house for the cleaner. I tidy the house for the cleaner. What's the difference? What is the difference? But anyway, that is definitely a whole nother story. So our cleaner is £10 an hour, okay? And she does the four-story house. It takes her four hours a week. It would take me eight hours or 10 hours a week. It would cost me 16 to £20,000 minimum of my time. Now, again, if I was doing, I was listening to a podcast and it was a Sunday afternoon and I wanted to relax and wanted to, you know, help um, my wife around the house or whatever, then that's different because that's therapy. We had um, my son's birthday and Mother's Day all rolled into one and I spent two hours cleaning up and really enjoyed it and put a podcast on when there wasn't people around afterwards and, and, and that was good. But other than that, you need a cleaner. The next thing is a driver. Now, this is a little, little bit more of an expense, but a driver will, I'll, if I go to watch a Liverpool game or if I go and do a podcast interview or anywhere when it's, say, more than half an hour away, um, I'll usually have uh, my driver take me. Now, they'll probably cost me about 200 quid for a 300-mile round trip, and I'll get a nice car, you know, like an S-Class Mercedes or a Range Rover or something like that. Um, or, or maybe they'll use my Panamera Turbo or they'll use my Range Rover. Uh, and I sit in the back. Now, in let's say that's two hours there, two hours back, something like that, probably more actually, three hours there, three hours back. So again, my £2,000 an hour, if I sit in the back on my laptop, doing work, feeling relaxed, getting there, has paid for 10 of those journeys. So a lot of people don't look at, um, you know, the opportunity cost, they just look at the hard direct cost. The next thing then is the ironing lady. Um, and yeah, um, Elena's just said, I'll oh, drive me in the Panamera. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I've had people drive me before who I haven't paid. They've just wanted to, um, you know, maybe talk to me and get some advice from me. But, you know, sometimes if I want to do some work in the back, you know, I wouldn't want you to come and do that for free for me and then not get to talk to me and you feel like I'm a rude bastard. Um, but I've done that a few times before and, um, and that's been fun. Uh, right, so my, this is the, the this is the best one. My ironing lady. Oh, my my ironing lady. She's like more important than the queen. So she, it's something like seven pound a kilo. It's like nothing per ton. And get this, she drives in the drive. She knocks on the door. She has her those massive bags. 
Um, there's probably some in here. Uh, she, she picks up all of the clothes and she, she's really good as well. She can do expensive clothes and she doesn't ruin them. She takes them away. She irons them all. She brings them back and she charges about seven quid. I've put it 40 quid a ton. I'm exaggerating a bit. It would take me, I don't know, I don't know what a kilo of clothes is, um, but it would take me hours and hours and hours, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 hours to iron that many clothes, maybe more, and I would ruin them. And um, it is just the best use of money ever. Um, so I said, uh, there's more though, I said about my chef. So, um, you know, I'm a rubbish cook. I shouldn't go anywhere near. I once burnt soup and I once burnt my kitchen down. We had two fire engines come out when I was cooking a chicken burger because I was watching Liverpool in the Champions League uh, and I set fire to the whole kitchen and we had to rescue all the animals out of the house and everything. I'm a nightmare when it comes to cooking. So I shouldn't go anywhere near. Uh, so I put an ad in the paper um, to hire a chef and my mum replied and my mum got the job. Um, now, my mum's been a chef for 30 odd years and she's a brilliant chef, but I didn't want to ask my mum. But just I have this little deal with my mum where I pay for these bits and pay for these bobs and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of official, non-official. My mum comes over three times a week and she cooks for the family and she prepares dishes for the rest of the week. And, you know, so then Gemma just cooks when she wants to and I don't have to cook because I'm a disaster. Now, that probably saves about five hours a week. Now, five hours a week, again, if it's £2,000 an hour, it's £10,000. Even if it's only £50 an hour, it's £250. Um, and, you know, I reckon you should try putting a little ad in the local paper or, you know, on some of these um, websites, uh, ad, ad job websites or wherever. You might try eBay or Craigslist, who knows? Um, some of these directories uh, for a chef. Um, now, obviously, you want to make sure there's someone that comes to your house that you trust. So when you add all these up, let's add them all up because I think this is really important. So gardening, let's call it two hours a week. Cleaning, let's call it four hours a week. That's six hours a week. Driving, let's just call it two hours a week. That's eight hours a week. Cooking, five hours a week. That's 13 hours a week. Ironing, let's call it six hours a week. Let's, let's call it in all 20 hours a week. Okay, so better said, Rob, so the moral of this is to pay for these things to free up time. Yes, I think what you're trying to say is I could be more concise, but I'm, I'm trying to hit the point home that 20 hours a week, and if that costs you on average 20 pounds, that's 400 pounds a week to save 20 hours a week. And if your time is worth £100 an hour, that's £2,000. So what you do is you um, take that time that you've lost, you put it into income generating tasks. Now to work out your income generating tasks, you simply take all of your income, and let's say a week, because I've been using week as the measure here, and you divide it by how many hours you work. So if you worked, say, 50 hours a week and you earned £5,000, then 5000 divided by 50, what's that, £100 an hour. So you have to have all it. So um, Ben's just said what his hourly rate here is. I won't say it on the podcast in front of 101.5 million subscriptions, but he said it in the video. So Ben knows his time is worth X per hour, which is less than my ironing lady. It's less than my cleaner. It's um, about on par with the gardener. Um, it's less than the chef, and it's um, um, it's. Uh, but the driver's a bit more. So um, you could afford to hire all those things out, Ben, in your life that you're doing, um, except maybe the driver. 
Um, and then what you do is you put income generating tasks in, which you earn more money and more money and more money. Your hourly rate goes up and then you can afford to outsource more. Then you outsource more, then you free your time, then you put it into income generating tasks. And there's more and more and more and more and more. Now, Connor, I'm going to challenge you here because, you know, like I'm sure you wouldn't want me just to be the yes man. But Connor, I know you polish a lot of your own watches and I know that that's a skill. But if you could outsource the watches that you have polished and someone else doing that, then you can do it into designing watches, making watches, um, and or, or sort of meeting really inspiring people, getting mentors, new designs. Ben, you don't have to say sorry. There's a podcast as well. I was just respecting your um, uh, privacy there. No problem. So um, let me make, let me drive this point home. I think you've got the message. But the, the reason I'm banging this point home, I could have said this in five minutes and I've done, what, 12 minutes so far, is because most people think they can't afford it and they don't do it or they think that's some kind of opulence, or they think that they're being, um, you know, elitist, or, you know, this is only something for the rich. Um, but actually, you're also creating jobs, which is a great thing. Um, Dan has said here, but you don't divide your earnings by every hour. No, you don't. You divide it by the hours that you work, Dan. So you divide the total income, let's say £5,000, by the hours that you work, and let's say that's fifty. Um, if you're and, and be honest, because some people are working 20 hours, but think they work 50 because they're pissing around for 30 hours. Uh, and other people think they work 40 hours, but they do overtime and they actually work 70 hours. So do a work log for a couple of weeks and put exactly, um, you know, how many hours you work in the day and what you do in the day. That'll be rev very revelatory to you, by the way, because you will have in front of you in uh, that two week diary. Um, you'll realize that five to eight hours of those 50 hours are really high income generating tasks of ultra high value that probably earn five times as much as all the other times when you're messing around or you're not doing income generating tasks or you're getting distracted or you're doing admin. Um, so I think it will be a game changer if I can encourage you to do it. Now, the, the, the next reason why I'm pushing this is because people say, oh, well, Rob, I can't afford it. I'll wait till I can. That is counterintuitive. If you wait till you can afford to outsource all these tasks, you won't outsource all these tasks because you're filling all your hours in a day anyway. And so pushing your income up will be slow because you need time to create more income to put back into income generating tasks. So the step one is get rid of all your unnecessary overhead. You know, get rid of, like I said, Sky TV, um, you know, wait, food, you know, so, you know, all this sort of the drinking and the going out and save five, six or 800 quid a month. Then reinvest them into all those tasks, the admin, the gardening, the cleaning, the cooking, the handyman doing all the, the handy jobs. Um, pay that out, put the time back into income generating tasks. And by the way, you have to know what they are. So um, in my book, Life Leverage, I talked about what income generating tasks are and how you work out what they are. Uh, and they are the key result areas in your, in your job, in your business, in your day i.e. the things of highest value that will bring in the most amount of income. If you're a property investor, it's viewings, offers, raising finance, and then managing the properties. You know, they are income generating tasks. If, um, if you uh, are um, an author, then it's writing the books, publishing the books, converting it into audible, and then marketing those books and selling more. That is your, your, are your income generating tasks. If, it's a, if you're a salesperson, it's the sales calls. It's not the admin. It's not the checking your call sheets. It's not the emails to and from. It's the sales calls. And it's not just the sales calls. It's the sales that you do. All right. So Rohit, and this makes perfect sense. What about if the wife is the person who carries out the other tasks? 
Mm, now, I'm not doing any relationship advice on this podcast, so I'll just say that one. Um, but I've paid for a lot of these things, not just to save my time, because I never would have done them anyway. Um, and I'm not saying that because my wife would. I'm saying that because I just would have paid for them myself. But often I do these two to save my wife's time as well. Now, my wife tends to fill time quite effectively. So I pay for the cook, the cleaner, the gardener, the handyman, our private jet here and there. I would anything, whatever you want. Happy wife, happy life. And she'll still fill that time. She'll still be busy as anything. And of course, men, we do that selfishly so that we can get more time with our wives and hopefully a little bit more cuddled in the evening. Um, now, look, I would say if your wife loves to do that, then let her do that. Uh, and if she doesn't, pay for it. Um, but, you know, your, your wife might want to have, set up her own part-time business. I know there are many mumpreneurs out there, um, and it's especially important for mumpreneurs because the other place you can invest your time in is spending time with your kids and doing the things that you love. So, you know, half of it into free time and half of it into income generating time. So something to think about. All right, Sue has asked, how do you not get lazy outsourcing all these tasks and stay motivated to do income generating tasks? Well, um, I think if you're not yet um, wealthy, then what will keep you from not being lazy is if you just outsource all these, outsource all these tasks and then don't fill it with income generating tasks, then you're increasing your overhead. Uh, and you might not want to do that because you might already have a bit of a strained overhead anyway. So, you know, that should help you. Uh, from, my, from my point of view, I don't know. I just love what I do. And, um, I, you know, I love growing my business and my business is my passion and profession merge, my prof uh, vocation and vacation. Um, and, and, you know, and sometimes you'll just use that time to save time to do some of the things that you love. So I don't really have a problem with laziness, Sue, because I just love uh, my business. And, and, you know, I would do it if, it, if money weren't a thing. Um, now, uh, when you know what they are, you can more specifically book them in. This is the next thing you can do, Sue. And I wrote this in my book, Life Leverage. Um, you can compartmentalize your diary and put your key result areas and your income generating tasks in the diary first. Actually, I would argue you should put um, time with your wife or husband, your kids and the things that you love to do the most, uh, you know, while you're alive, whether they're hobbies or or parts of your job, put them in first, maybe three hours a day, four hours a day. Then put in your key result area and income generating tasks of your um, business. So for me, it's strategy, vision, it's um, creating new products, it's training my trainers, it's um, doing my personal branding, it's doing my podcasts, uh, it's being involved in marketing, in innovation. Um, th these are all my uh, key result areas and income generating tasks. These are worth 10,000 pound an hour, not 10 pounds an hour. So I book them in the diary first. I get up at 5.30, I go and get a Costa coffee and I do my key result area and income generating tasks before eight o'clock. I do calls eight to 8.30. Then I'll um, do live feed videos, which are often um, also podcast episodes, 8.30 till nine. I'll have meetings nine till um, 11 or 9.30 till 11. I'll have um, maybe fit a couple of calls in there as well. So by 11, when I have my next coffee, um, most of my income generating tasks are done which means I've got the rest of the day off. Now, even when I've got the rest of the day off, um, if my family are at home, I'll spend time with them and playing golf with my son. But if not, I'll tend to just, um, you know, fill my time with more income generating tasks or more research or being involved um, in my online communities and, um, you know, finding out the problems and pains that my community members have and creating new products and services and solutions for them. 
So booking the income generating time in your diary, compartmentalizing it, recurring entry can never be moved. Make sure they're done. Do them before 11 o'clock so that, so that you know, you know you're going to have a good day no matter how distracted you get for the rest of the day. That should help with that laziness or, or not just um, spending a load of money on outsourcing, but then not filling the time properly. So Natalie, you want your husband to watch this. Um, what, so he can pay for the cleaner so you can do viewings. Exactly. Pay for a cleaner and go and do viewings. What a great, you know, like if you'd probably view 10 viewings to get a deal, a deal might be 150 grand with 30 grand equity and it might pay you 200 pound a month for the rest of your life going up and up and up and the value might go up uh, 10% a year. So that might make you 150 grand every 10 years in capital and 200 pound a month for a couple of years then 300 pound a month and 400 pound a month and 500 pound a month for the rest of your life. And you have to do 10 viewings to buy that one deal. Uh, and um, 10 viewings might take you 10 hours and 10 hours of cleaning is 100 quid. So that's a, a great uh, example. So yes, um, Paul's next task. And Paul, I've got good news for you about ICM Elite, by the way. Um, but yeah, structuring your days. I am, I'm actually going to write a new book on this. Just a short book. Might only be a 30-page book, a new concept uh, of how to compartmentalize your diary uh, and overlay it with your energy highs and lows in the day and your passion profession merge and your, your family and social as well. Imagine you had like four blueprints all in tracing paper and you overlaid them to get this master plan. Because, you know, I've written Life Leverage and there's, there's a decent part in there about compartmentalizing your diary, structuring your day, having a proper routine. And, and I used to think routines were boring. I don't want anything to do with routine. Oh, I feel so controlled and contrived. I want freedom. Freedom means you just don't get your important stuff done. You get what you want to do done rather than what you need to do done. Discipline is knowing what you've got to do and doing it, even when you don't want to do it and don't feel like doing it. You let your emotion and your feelings and your energy um, you know, drive what you do, i.e. when you're lazy and you're tired and you're lethargic and you're down and whatever, you don't do any of your decent work. If you don't get it done early, you know, likely not to get it done late, unless you're Connor and other people who stay up late at night when you've got to do it late at night when everyone's not emailing you and Facebooking you and whatever. And then what you have to do is you have to isolate yourself in those key result area and income generating task times, unless they're client facing, of course, and selling face to face. But the other things, the strategy, the vision, the business planning, the cutting the costs, um, the marketing plans, you know, whatever it is that you do that's high income generating task to you. You have to isolate yourself from all the distractions. Are you no emails, no phone calls, you know, no, no social media? Uh, and you only, I've worked this out, you only need to do 90 minutes to two hours of key result area income generating tasks per day. Proper, immersive, you know, maybe with a 15 minute break in there, but proper full deep work uh, and you'll make enough money to make a really good living. Now, most people are doing two, income, two hours of income generating tasks a day, but it's taking them nine hours because they're interrupted all the time. Interruption, 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 interru all that wasted time. Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Getting distracted, you know, hours and hours and hours debating on social media and doing all these things, admin and tidying everything up and getting everything just ready and not actually doing those things that make the biggest difference in your business or in your life. All right, great. Looks like I've got... Um, oh, well, I'll, I didn't realise it was going to be a Q&A, but hey, a little bit of a bonus. So Dan has said there, um, the jobs wouldn't or shouldn't be done in your 40-hour working week. So what does it matter who does them? You don't calculate your... I don't understand what that means, Dan. Sorry, I thought that was um, going to be able to answer that question, but I don't understand the um, English in it. Um, but again, to work out your income generating tasks, because I think it's related to that, let me just restate this. You take the hours that you work in a week and you divide it by the total income from all sources. Total income from all sources divided by total hours of work, part-time, full-time, first job, second job, 
all income, passive and active. So let's say your total income from all sources is £5,000 and your total work week from all different jobs and hustles is £50. Then, of course, is £100 an hour where you're working that you earn money. All your other jobs don't, uh, you know, that aren't work related or income related, don't add them in. But add in your, all your income, your income from all sources. Um, you know, like our, my keynote speech is minimum, my fee for my keynote speech is minimum £10,000. Um, uh, and so you, that being said, though, it takes you two hours to get there sometimes to do a speech. And it takes you two hours to get back. So actually you lose five hours. So that's why you hire a driver. You pay them 200 quid. You do two hours work on the way. You do your speech. You do two hours work on the way back. You earn £10,000 on your speech. You earn £5,000 an hour, so £10,000 an hour on the way and £10,000 on the way back. Now, of course, this is not like exact because you're averaging it, aren't you? So it's a bit like statistics in that, you know, you don't exactly know in those two hours that you're working in the back of the car that 100% you're earning five grand an hour, boom, five grand an hour, boom, you're not. But if you put it into income generating areas, it's likely to average that out because nine out of your 10 viewings aren't earning any money, but you have to view those 10 to get that one deal so you know you average it out like that all right great so uh yeah, like um transcriptions um you know your systems reading out your systems to people um so a lot of people haven't done the systems for their business you know i.e they haven't got a manual and a process and everything that they do day to day in their business out in a manual in videos in audios uh, in screen grabs in instructional interactive camtasia um, videos of all the websites you use most people's business are in their head so they're like oh but i'm too busy to get the business out of my head but if they never get the business out of their head then they're always needed in so they can't free their time um, but what they don't want to do is then train someone and have to write the systems because then they feel like you know that um, they haven't got time to do train someone write the systems and do the job itself I can sell or I can write a manual about how to sell. I can't do both. Well, actually, you can do all three. This is what you do. This should be another podcast. Uh, what you should do is you should hire someone and pay them £10 an hour and get them to come over your house and interview you for one hour a day or five hours a week or two hours twice a week. Don't care how long, as long as it's a decent amount of time. Sit them down and say, right, imagine you are an 11-year-old. You know nothing about my business. Go ask me about my business and what I do all day, every day. And every time there's anything, by the way, there's no one here, I'm just pointing at them as if there is someone there. And anytime you don't understand anything, what a login is or what a word I, that I said means, ask me. And you just go through that process of hours a week, someone interviewing you so you didn't, don't have to even do it yourself. You're leveraging the leverage. Because here's the thing, if I said to you, put five hours a week in your diary to write your systems and processes and everything that you know that's in your head, the technical aspects of your business, like Connor making his watches and everything he knows about the design and the inspiration and the movements and the mechanics and all the things that go wrong, get Connor, get that out of your head. Five hours a week, you'd be like, oh, well, you might even agree with me and say you're going to do it and then not do it because you're spending too much time doing the doing, which you might love, by the way. I know Connor loves making his watches. He's on the live if you listen to the podcast. Now, that's a problem, though. I used to love doing keynote speeches for the company. I did 250 in one year. I lost my voice and I had out-of-body experiences because I was doing so much keynote speeching. I hardly saw my family um, and I couldn't do anything else. And, and so one of the problems was I loved it. Another problem is, oh, well, only me can do it. No one can do it as me. All my customers want me. I tried hiring before and they screwed it up. I'm paying someone to do my job and I'm doing their job as well. What's the point? The every single startup has ever always had this problem. You know, Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, you name it. They started with no one. 
And you know, Walmart has 2.3 million staff. They started with one person. So this is the journey of the entrepreneur. Now, um, you know, you don't have to want a thousand strong staff, but you probably do want a bit more time and you probably do want to be worth more per hour and you probably do want to do the jobs you love and outsource the jobs you hate. So I'd say to you, put five hours a week in your diary, one hour a day, write your systems and processes and record everything you do. Don't worry about getting it perfectly ordered like the contents of a book and well-written for now. Just get it out for now, draft. And then you wouldn't because you'd be too busy and you'd just, um, oh, I can't afford to do that because I've got this stuff. So then what you do is you hire a virtual assistant or a personal assistant, 10, 15 pound an hour. And you say, come over to my house at this time, sit down and pull it out of me. I am your, you know, uh, you know, just get it out of me. Don't give me any excuses. Lock me in the door. Do it for an hour. It's their job to pull it all out of you. You don't give them any um, instructions on what you do because you've got to assume that they, they know nothing so that they can get it all out of you. Um, and then hour by hour, they extract it and then they get more detail in this part and this part and this part. And it all sorts of comes, it comes out like a mind map. They go away, they order it into like all contents, um, you know, page one, page 1.1, you know, section one, two, three, four, five, six. They send it to you, you read it, you go back and go, here's more detail. They come back again next week. They find more bits that you didn't. If you did that for three months, you'd have your entire brain dumped into a manual um, that someone, and then it could, she could even transcribe all the audio and could even um, get you to, oh, you say you're a property investor and you use Rightmove. I don't know how to use Rightmove. Show me how to use Rightmove. And we're recording the screen, go. Typing it in, your login, if you've got one, how you, you know, search for properties, the kind of areas, the, um, the restrictions that you set. If you have an e-commerce business, you know your e-commerce account. If you have a podcast, the, the, you know, the back of the analytics in your podcast, the analytics in your YouTube, the lot. And um, I've, I've, I'm actually so convinced that uh, this can completely libera- liberate you from your business and can, oh, it could get you to coin the Americans. It could get you 10xing your income in probably one fifth of the time. I've actually thought about setting up this business where I hire some VAs and PAs uh, and you pay me uh, and I send them to you to get your systems out of you. And then you get your fully fledged manual and audios and videos at the end and, and, and you pay it for like a, a project, you know, like you'd pay a consultant. I think that's a great business model. In fact, you can nick it off me because I've got too many things to do. I'm probably never going to do it. Who wouldn't want that service? Because who wants to do it themselves? When you're an entrepreneur, you don't want to do all that stuff yourself. You know, that's because that's not what being an entrepreneur is being about. It's about having an idea, creating a product, a service, a solution that you're inspired by that you think can make a difference to the world and getting it out there and selling it and um, you know, growing this, this machine. Woo, this po- podcast was only supposed to be about paying for a gardener, a cleaner, a cook, a maid, a babysitter, a driver, and a handyman. There you go. You've got a bit more than you bargained for. So thanks for tuning in. This is um, on audio, the money podcast. And if you're watching this live feed video um, in a few days time, keep your eye out because the money podcast goes live to the world. I've got some great gifts just for subscribing to the money podcast. You don't need to uh, pay anything or buy anything. You just subscribe to the podcast. You can't do it yet. It's not live. Uh, And if you're listening, have you claimed your bonuses that I said you could have? Make sure you email me at rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk to claim the bonuses that you get as part of this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Have a great day or evening or wherever the hell you are in the world and whatever it is.